This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, it was 25 to 30 years ago, the late 80s, early 90s, a men's movement swept across this country that some of you men remember was called Promise Keepers. I attended events in Colorado at the University of Colorado, in Dallas, Texas, where the Dallas Cowboys played. I went to a Promise Keepers event there, went to one in Atlanta, different places. Some of you went to Cincinnati or Columbus, perhaps. And it was started by the coach of the University of Colorado, whose name escapes me. Somebody tell me who it was. Bill McCartney, Coach Bill McCartney, thank you, started that movement. And it had a great impact on people's lives for this reason. Whether you know it or not, you have been impacted by promise keepers in your life, and you have been impacted by promise breakers in your life. And some of you would say, I don't even want to go there, and I understand that. You don't even want to talk about it. But having said that, know that you have been a promise keeper and you have been a promise breaker. All of us have. Not everyone's been 100% in keeping promises. You say, what are you talking about promises for? It's the theme of the message that all of God's promises were kept to Israel. Carl Krauss is a minister in the Sumas, Washington. I don't even know where that is. Obviously, in the state of Washington. He tells the story of a dying man who gives each of his best friends, a lawyer, a doctor, and a minister, an envelope. Each has an envelope containing $25,000 in cash to be placed in his coffin. That was the test. A week later, the man dies, and the friends each place an envelope in the coffin at the funeral home. Several months later, the minister confesses that he only put $10,000 in the envelope and sent the rest to a mission in South America. The doctor confesses that his envelope only had $8,000 because he said he donated to a medical charity in another country. The lawyer's outraged. I am the only one who's kept the promise to our dying friend. I want you both to know I placed in the coffin an envelope with my own personal check for (laughs) $25,000. Some of you that went right over your head, you won't get that till this afternoon. It's, oh, I never get Randy's jokes, but they're funny about three o'clock in the afternoon when I think of it. God is the ultimate promise keeper. Remember that. That's the statement. God is the ultimate promise keeper. And one of the promises I was reading just as they were singing is that all the promises of God 2 Corinthians 1.20 are answered with a yes in Christ Jesus. All the promises of God are answered with a yes in Christ Jesus. Even though we do hear no, they're answered with a yes in, in, in Christ. I want to talk to you about God being a promise keeper with the Israelites by reading to you what's called the summary statement of Joshua by many scholars. It's Joshua 21. We've been preaching through this book of the Old Testament in Joshua 21, 43, says this, So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers, and they took possession of it. 
and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side. I'm going to talk about that word rest. It doesn't mean what you think it does. Rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. We continue tomorrow on crosshope.org. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. And then one verse from Psalm 89, if we could bring that up. Psalm 89.1, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. What do you sing of about forever? Some of you sing all your life about somebody who cheated you. You sing about that every day. You sing about a problem in the family. You sing about it every day. We all sing something repeatedly. We repeat the story over and over, and people have not heard it twice. They haven't heard it five times. They've heard it 50 times. And we all do that to one degree or another. We all do. We all sing something. And the psalm writer says, I'll sing of the Lord's great love forever. I want you to notice something that the Lord gave. The Lord gave. I love that. The Lord gave Israel read an interesting story by Carl Krauss, the minister that I'm quoting from Washington. When he was in seminary, he worked at a place called Hickory Farms. Anybody been to a Hickory Farms story? He said most of the people that came in to buy gifts, get this, didn't care what was in the box. It was all geared to the price. I want a $50 gift box. No more, no less. I want a $25 gift box. No more, no less. I want a $100 gift box. And companies would buy them for their employees. Churches would buy it for their ministers. Just a hint. I'm just, never mind. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> they would buy them for different purposes. And he said he was fascinated by the fact that nobody cared about what was in it. Just meet the price. I want to tell you something that may seem insignificant, but it's not. When God gave Israel all that he promised, he knew about everything he promised. God gives you something, a gift of talent in your life. He knows what he's given you. He not only knows what he's given you, get this, he knows why he gave it to you. Why he gave you that skill set, why he gave you that ability. He knew what you would do with it or what you could potentially do with it. God gives his gifts because he's aware. He's aware of what we do in life with those gifts. Some of you will remember more about this story than I can remember about it. Gladys Alward was a missionary in China years ago, I think before World War II. She had over a hundred young girls that she was raising in this orphanage. This was made into a Hollywood movie, by the way, and somebody can tell me later what it's called. And they had to escape. The, uh, The Japanese were coming, Japanese troops, and they had to escape the orphanage. And the girls had dysentery. They were all sick. And here she had one or two helpers, and that was it. 
to take over a hundred girls across a mountain range. And she was really discouraged, Gladys Allward was, because of all the, I don't think we're going to make it. We, 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 I don't know if we can outrun the Japanese troops that are coming. And one of the girls in the group said, Miss Gladys, do you remember God used Moses to deliver the children of Israel? God worked in, in him to do this and trying to encourage her leader. And I love what the missionary said. She said, honey, I'm not Moses. I'm not Moses. And the little girl said back to her, but God is still God. God is still God. Verse 43, so the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers, and they took possession of it and settled there. When God gives you something, you've got to take possession of it. When God gives you something, you've got to receive it. It's not enough to put it on the shelf and say, yeah, God gave me that uh, gift, uh, that talent to, to use. Think of the ladies singing today. If they had said, well, God gave us an ability to sing, we're not going to use it. We're, we've got it. If we need it, ever comes a situation in our lives. But in order to use something, you've got to pursue it. You've got to possess it. The Lord, verse 44, gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. I want to talk about rest. All these years, I thought the word rest meant, let's take a little nap. Some of you rest a lot. And you know what the word rest means to you. I need a rest. I need a morning rest. I need an afternoon. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. What it means, God gave them peace. Some of you are in situations with your family. It's complete unrest. There's no peace. There's no rest. There's always a crisis. There's always an issue with her. There's always an issue with him. And it just never stops. And you would say, I don't even know what the word rest means in that situation in our family. God knows that. But to get rest is a gift from God. It means peace with the situation. It's a sense of, oh, I can relax in this. I can relax in the will of God. I can relax in His power. I can relax in His direction. You know, God gives direction and He gives leadership and blessing in our lives. And we need to know that. You need to know that God gives leadership and direction. Verse 45, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. What does that say to you about the promises you have made to family, to children, to parents, to grandparents, to grandchildren? The promises we all have made. Can we say that our promises have been fulfilled? And I'm speaking to you and to me. This is not just directed at you people out there. I'm talking to myself as well. What have you done with the promises that you have made to people? Have they been fulfilled in what you've done and how that you've been blessed to, to, to make those promises? The Lord gave, He gave rest, and He gave deliverance. Not one of those promises failed the Lord. I want to talk about a scripture here today. In fact, I'd like for you guys to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up now. Isaiah 42, 16. God is speaking and he says, I will lead the blind 
by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. You may look at that and say, well, I'm not blind. When God says, I will lead the blind, you are blind, and so am I. You say, Randy, I've got 20-20 vision with my glasses and my corrective lenses and my contacts. I can see fine. You know why you're blind and why I'm blind? We can't see the future. That's what it means. You are blind to the future, and so am I. We don't see what's going to happen. And the Lord says, I will lead the blind by ways they've not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I think he reveals what we need to see when we need to see it. And then next year, he reveals a little bit more. And then next month, he reveals a little bit more. He reveals to us what we have seen. He said, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. What's an unfamiliar path in your life? Losing a loved one, perhaps, for some people. What's an unfamiliar path? Having a major crisis with a son or daughter. That's an unfamiliar path. Nobody trains you for that. Nobody trains you to deal with a death necessarily. And so we have unfamiliar paths in life, having a loss in your life of some kind, some measurable loss. And the Lord says, I'm there to lead you. Why did I feel directed to Isaiah 42, 16 out of a myriad of promises? Because it's somehow I felt this is what people today at Heritage Christian Church today in 2019 need to hear. You do, and I do. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. I want you to notice that Joshua gives credit to the Lord, and rightly so. Rightly gives credit to the Lord. The Lord is the giver of every good and perfect gift. I hope you know that. It's not only a biblical statement, it's true. The Lord takes credit for what he gives you in life. Do you give him credit for what he gives you in life? And I'm going to share a thought with you that sometimes a disappointment in your life may actually be God's appointment. Listen to that again. Sometimes a disappointment may actually be God's appointment. Did you know the Bible says in in Genesis 50, 20, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, and he eventually makes his way up to number two person in all of Egypt. And his brothers who sold him to the pit, the pit of slavery, are standing before him, and they don't even know that the guy they're talking to, they just think he's the number two man in all of Egypt. They don't realize it's the guy they, they threw into a pit, a slave pit. And sold him. And I always will remember, as long as I live, and so should you, what Joseph said to his brothers. Some of you are ahead of me, you know what he said. You meant what you did for evil, but God meant it for good. You meant what you did when you threw me into the pit. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, meaning God's hand was above their hands. 
And there may be something in your life right now that you say, man, somebody's intending me evil, but God's hand can be upon them and over them saying, I mean it for good. I'm going to use it for good in your life. And you say, you really believe that? You have to believe it. It's not a question of do you really believe it, or you have to believe it. You see, God gives his gifts of direction. He gives his direction of blessing and security. And I'm amazed at people who look to everything but the Lord for security. You realize how crazy it is to look to the system and say, that's my security. Some people look to the government and say, the government's my security. Really? You totally depend on that? Well, the world system, as I know it, that's, that's what I'm depending on, the system. No, we depend on the Lord God Almighty. He's the one who gives blessing. He's the one who gives direction. He's the one who gives security. This message will conclude tomorrow on CrossHope. That's CrossHope.org. To be absent from the body, 2 Corinthians 5 says, is to be present with the Lord. That's a promise. It's not a suggestion. It's not a pleasant thought that we read it in the Reader's Digest, and gee, we, we cross our fingers and hope it's true. It's based in the reality of God's promise to be absent from this body, to die is to be present with the Lord. You say, it doesn't mean much to me now. At my age, it will someday. Every person who comes to the place in their life where they realize the days are few, the weeks are few, The months are few. The years are few. Scriptures like to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Not only take on greater significance, they take on total significance. I'm going to share this verse with you as I close today. Psalm 73 is a psalm written by a man by the name of Asaph. Asaph was bitter. He said, when I look at the wicked, they're they're succeeding. The bad people, they they got everything going. They're making the money. They've got things going. They're driving the nice chariots and they're, uh, you know, they've got nice houses, nice clothes. What do I get? Nothing. And then Asaph said this, then I went into the sanctuary. And you know what he said? I saw their end. I saw where this game ends, where this movie ends. And then he said this, Psalm 73, 24 says this, The Lord guides me with his counsel all through my life. And then he takes me to glory. And I thought, what a summary statement for your life and mine in 2019. God directs us with his counsel, his wisdom and his discernment, his word. And then when it's over, he takes us to glory with him. You say, why would you share that today? Because you need to hear it and so do I. You need to believe it, and so do I. You need to trust it, and so do I. The Lord guides me with His counsel, and then He leads me into glory. You are following something in your life for their counsel. You take your counsel from the world system. You take your counsel from Hollywood. You take your counsel from professional athletes. You take your counsel from the successful. Whatever the case may be, take your pick. Decide today you're going to take your counsel from the one who has wisdom. Par excellence, his name is Jesus. I will guide you with my counsel, and then I'll take you into glory. No one can take you into glory 
other than the Lord himself. Remember that. Anything you trust on this earth and you trust your future to, ask the question of yourself, is this thing, this person, this object, this money going to take me into heaven? No. You've got to trust your life to the one who said to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord, with him. Decide. That's the choice you make. God's promises were all kept to the people of God, and and they had rest, and they had victory, and they took possession of the land because God is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper, and he's made a promise to you. In 1 John 1, 9, I alluded to it earlier. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've actually seen people in my office over the years who have tears coming down their face when I quote that scripture. Why? Because it touches a responsive cord. If we confess, he's faithful. He's, He's good for it. He's faithful to his promise to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.